Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. What an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm excited today just to have another day, aren't you? Just another day to live, another day to uh, spend time with family and friends, another day to serve the Lord. We're blessed, aren't we? Our lungs are breathing, our heart is beating, our mind can still think, our voice can still speak, our ears can still hear. You might have uh, uh, some uh, aches and pains in your body, but you still have more than somebody else does. There's always somebody who has it worse than you do. And we're to praise the Lord anyhow. I like that statement, by the way. I've heard it before. Praise the Lord anyhow. And God is good, isn't he? Circumstances aren't. They're not always good, but God always is. Uh, The weather's not always good, but God always is. The meal's not always good, but God always is. And Jesus never fails, never has, never can. And he's always the same. And thank God for that joy that we have anchored in Jesus. And uh, I'm glad it's a good day. Every day's a good day saved. I say it all the time, but it's true. My worst day saved is better than my best day lost. And uh, you can't, you can't, a Christian with the right perspective, you just can't get him down. We're on the winning side. I mean, we're going to heaven. Live as long as God does. Sins forgiven, guilt and shame rolled away, condemnation gone, replaced with grace and mercy and love, security in Christ. Thank God for salvation. And uh, I so appreciate you folks listening to this good radio station. And uh, it, it's, a, it's an honor, really it is, that you would take time out of your day to be a part of this broadcast. I know you're busy. All of us are. But I tell you this, you'll never regret getting a little bit more Bible uh, invested into your life, and you can't go wrong with that. And we're going to look today in Titus chapter number 2. Last broadcast, we read down through verse number 8 together, and today we'll begin in verse number 9. Now, in the last broadcast, Paul was emphasizing the importance of having your doctrine impact your life, and then your life reflect your doctrine to a lost world. There are those out there that are looking for any cause, any reason, any any loophole they can find to deny God, the, the, the need for God, uh, the Bible, whatever it is. They're just critics, they're gainsayers, they're uh, slanderers, scorners, whatever it is. And because of that, it is very unnecessary, vital, and important for the Christian to try and live a life that is a pattern of good works. Now, we don't do good works to justify ourselves with God. I thank God I have imputed righteousness from Christ. I'm justified. Why? Because of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. But good works do justify a man's doctrine or faith in the eyes of the world. The world you hear that term hypocrite thrown around like crazy. It's amazing how lost people don't mind a hypocrite when it comes to money or when it comes to uh, exercise or when it comes to sports or when it comes to anything else. But boy, I tell you, they sure do jump on religious hypocrites, don't they? And that's why it's so important to be a pattern of good works. Why? Because what we do ought to match what we say because what we do preaches louder to a lost world than what we say with our mouth. And so Paul emphasizes that need for doctrine and life and those two things to be uh, harmonious. All right, in verse number 9, let's read it. It says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. 
Now we're talking about, and we'll bring it up into our uh, our terminology, like an employee to an employer. And remember, this theme is being continued without. The reason we do what we do is because we don't want to cast shade on what we believe. I don't always enjoy, yes, sir, no, sir, okay, you're right, I'm wrong. I don't always enjoy... Uh, what would that be? Sub, sub, being submissive in certain areas and being compliant in certain areas. Um, but then at the same time, I have the Bible principle, you know, there's always an authority over you. And to be right with God, I submit to that higher authority. I submit to that one who's over me. And even though I might have an opinion and even though I might get my temper riled up, I have to remember I'm a representative of what I say I believe. And though the truth, I believe, might be very, very much so the truth and accurate, a bad life, a poor disposition, a failed testimony will ca cast that shade on that truth and there diminish its uh, potency in the life of that person who's watching your life. So here we see that these servants are commanded to obey their masters. Why? Because honestly, you're not being obedient to them so much as you're trying to obey God. You're trying to please the Lord. And by the way, that's how you ought to go about life. Everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. The Bible teaches that. There'll be days you don't want to work for your employer. You might not like him. There'll be days you don't want to work for uh, with your coworkers. You might get mad at them. I don't know. But everything you do, Remember, you're doing it for the Lord. But also this, you're doing it for the Lord, and you're also doing it to be a good representative of the Lord to those who are lost every day around you. I wonder how many people there are out in the world right now that are not saved because they got too close to someone who is saved but didn't live like it. They got around somebody who with their mouth professed but by works denied. I mean, they believed the truth, and they knew the truth, and they could quote the truth, but their life showed very little influence of that truth working within it. And because of that, that lost friend, that person who was around that other individual, they never would buy in. Why? If it wasn't enough to change their life, how could it be enough to change my life? That's their thought. All right, so that's why Paul gives us this command, all right, to servants. And uh, he says, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn. And this is, this is such a, a rich statement. They may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Now, this morning before I left the house, I adorned myself. I covered myself in clothing. I put on a tie and my shoes, and I adorned myself. I wrapped up in that. And when people look at me, they see that which I have adorned myself in. Paul is saying the reason we live a, a, a godly life is so that we can be a good representation of the truth. And he said, every day that we live, we ought to adorn ourselves in what we believe. What we believe should so impact and influence our life that when people look at us, they see what we believe lived out through our actions. Adorn yourself. If you believe in mercy, adorn yourself in mercy. If you believe in long-suffering, adorn yourself in long-suffering. If you uh, believe in holiness and say that, then adorn yourself in holiness. If you believe in grace, then adorn yourself with grace. If you believe and preach honesty, then adorn yourself in honesty. Why? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us, verse 12, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present 
world. All right, so there's our Bible command. We're supposed to adorn the doctrine of God. Our life as a Christian is held to a higher standard than that of the lost world. You say, well, that's not fair. Maybe it's not fair, but I think I think it's uh, I think I think that we can handle it. The Holy Spirit of God lives within us. The Holy Spirit of God does not reside within the lost individual, but we have a comforter and we have a teacher and we have a conformer and we have one who helps mold us into the image of our Savior. And because we're saved people, we're living to a higher standard. Why? Because we are ambassadors for Christ. We are supposed to be lights that shine. We're supposed to be uh, fishers of men. We're supposed to be a little Christ, if you will, his disciples out here in the world, his representatives going to a lost and dying world and trying to convince them that Jesus saves. I tell you what made a difference in my life. I didn't get saved till I was 21 years old, later in life. Though I was raised in a Christian home and though I attended church many times, but whenever I finally got around some people that were saved and were different and they were happy and enjoyed their salvation, that is what the Lord used in my life to begin to convict me and turn the light on, if you will, that there's something more to salvation than just going to church and something more to being saved than just uh, being baptized in water, there was a change that took place in salvation. And I saw that. And I always say the difference made the difference. Now, Paul is saying older men teach those younger men at the beginning of the chapter. Younger men, ladies, you learn from those older ladies. I, I want you to be sober and I want you to be grave. I want you to be those who teach good things and have sound faith and a, a, a hold to sound doctrine. Why? Because there are those out there that are going to look at you looking for a reason to deny the Lord. And don't let your life be a reason they cast shade on Jesus. Let's live a life that adorns the doctrine of God, deny ungodliness, deny worldly lusts, and live soberly, live righteously, and live godly in this present world. Now, the fact that that command is in the Bible tells me we can do it. And I want to challenge you as we close out the broadcast today to not just live a good life, but live a godly life. Don't just live a life that has character. Live a life that is very much Christian, a Christ-like life. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.